0: I just love our vision community. Is it amazing or what? <laughs> love Bob Dean. I can't wait to hear more uh, Vicki and that stuff. So today we have a very special guest, Mr. Jeffon Seely. So Jeffon's been with us before Three years ago in this space, I thought it was a lot longer ago, but uh, Jeffon and I were talking a little bit about it. Three years ago, he came here in uh, October of 2016. So we were very lucky to have him then, and he contacted me a month ago and said, uh, you know, I've moved to Southern California. Would you love to, like to have me? I said, oh, of course. I'd love to have you, Jeffon. We're very excited. So I'm going to read a little bio about him. This is just a little bit of who Jeffon is. He's a national speaker and workshop facilitator. He's recognized as a leading uh, resource in the field of diversity and inclusion, generations, mindfulness, and leadership. He assists major corporations, nonprofit organizations, and government and academic institutions with innovative strategies to integrate mindfulness, inclusion, and the evolving generations into management and leadership roles. Named as one of the emerging spiritual leaders in our world by Reverend Michael Beckwith, Jeffon is committed to shining the light of hope, peace, and power into every environment he enters. And so that is who he is. This last, like last week, I was happen to be online on Facebook, and here was Jeffon in the middle of the emerging young adults uh, leadership m- meeting they are having online. Um, he's deep in the middle of what we do. We're so happy to have him, Mr. Jeffon Seeley.
1: So yeah, I was here uh, three years ago. I was uh, 12. I'm 15 now. No, I'm only joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone said me too. Okay, you know, we're embracing that spirituality and in, in, in recognizing that each and every day, regardless of how old we may be, regardless of what we may have gone through, we are all empowered by the same essence and energy that is enabling all of us to simply be here today. So perhaps that consciousness that we had when we were younger, that consciousness that we have now, we're just continuing to expand in the unique ways that we all do. Now, I was here, yes, three years ago, and I don't know if many of us were, were in this room, were also a part of that conversation. And as I am very well aware, there has been a lot of things that have taken place in all of our lives even just one week, let, it go, let alone three years ago. So um, I'm not expecting all of you to be able to recite everything that I said. If you did, it would be slightly uh, scary. But um, <laughs> instead, let me just quickly say, when I was here a while back, one thing that I like to share everywhere that I go is simply reminding each and every one of us how incredible this life that we are living truly is. If we think about it, in this very moment of now, In the infinite universe that we are a part of, minerals, elements coming together, intertwining in such a way that there are stars, there are galaxies being formed. We think about this sacred earth that we are on, the sun that is illuminating from above, trees reaching towards this light, seeds slowly awakening as they are resting in soil that has been accumulating nutrients since the beginning of time animals that we are sharing this planet with, trees, plants, all of it goes on and on and on. And there is not only this majestic infinite universe that is out here, but there is also an infinite universe that is in here. The breath that we are breathing, our heart that is beating, our lungs that are flowing with the air as it has the opportunity to take that simple breath, Blood flowing, cells dividing, atoms thriving. You see, the one thing that has been continuing to stand out to me as I travel upon this spiritual journey is the recognition from the furthest star to the closest atom. There was one thing present, and that is the infinite essence of life, of God, the divine intelligence. Whatever you choose to call it, I myself have yet to find a word that can encompass the all-encompassing. So please be willing to simply embrace that. Imagine if we were all able to do that. I know we do it blips of time as we go throughout our day, but imagine if we were truly able to embody that realization each moment of each day. The question that I simply have for all of us is have we truly been living? Have we truly been living, aligning with this deep message that we all share, Here in this spiritual community, the spiritual communities across the country, across the world. And when I say truly living, I mean, have you been recognizing the breath that you've had the opportunity to take? You know, this is day number 267 of 2019. On average, we take roughly 25,000 breaths each and every day. Which means this year alone, we've had the chance to take roughly 5.9 million breaths. I went to school for accounting, that's why I'm such a good speaker. Um, This year alone, we've had the chance to take over 5.9 million breaths, and of all those sacred breaths that you've had the chance to take, how many have you been aware of? Recognizing not just the air that is flowing through you, but the divine essence that is enabling you to simply take that breath. Our heart beats on an average of 100,000 times a day. But most of us are so busy going from thing to thing to thing that we forget to even feel one heartbeat. And I know some of you are like, well, I was walking up those stairs the other day. You should have heard my breath and my heart was beating. But simply slowing down, being mindful, being conscious, being aware of this gift of life that we have been given, that we are a part of. So if you would, very quickly, just put your hand on your heart. Feel that heart that is beating. And let's collectively take a deep breath in. Send it out, one more breath in, and release it out. Simply recognize the life that you're living. We could do that any moment of the day, just slowing down, recognizing that in this very moment of now, we are standing upon the shoulders of the ancestors who have come before us. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents going all the way back throughout time, and here we are today. I say all of this because, you see, we are using this infinite essence that we have been provided that is enabling us to simply be in this moment of now, and we are assisting in assembling that which we call our reality. You see, we are not only using this essence to color that external world that we are always seeing, that we are a part of but we are also assembling our inner world, the part that nobody sees that I think that we all can agree that helps to dictate and determine the way the outside world responds to us. So sure, we can display and show the world that we're all about this or all about that, but we actually know from an individual level the quality of life that we are moving around with in here, this infinite essence and energy that is dwelling within ourselves. simple question that I like to ask is, If you were able to meet your younger self today after this service and sit down with them, would your younger self pat you on the back, give you a hug and say thank you for the way in which you've used your life? Another question I like to ask is simply this, if everybody in this congregation embraced and adopted the spiritual practice that you have in your own mental imaging, would this spiritual community blossom and unfold in miraculous ways? And perhaps maybe the most important question, and I thought I was very clever when I came up with this, so don't fall off your seats. Um, If somebody was able to follow you through your inner world for the next six months and was asked to simply document what they saw taking place within you, would they come back six months from today, stand in front of this congregation and say that your inner world reflected one of peace and beauty, compassion, equality, harmony, happiness, joy or would they even come back at all? And you see, these are questions that we can pause any moment of the day and simply ask ourselves, what is the state of my inner world? We can wait for other people to change and transform to help to bring peace and more joy and more happiness, more equity, more e- equality in the world around us. But if we're walking around and we are broken inside, like I, like I often say, It's difficult to have world peace if we don't have inner peace. So perhaps the greatest place that we can start is not how many quotes that you know, is not how powerful your affirmative prayer is when you're standing in front of individuals, is not how many books that you've read. This community alone, I'm sure that we've read more books than most people have ever seen. We do not need to continue to accumulate intellectual bricks of knowledge and store them within our storehouse and never use those bricks to assemble something that is truly transformational. And this is where I like to say that we are not just, and I say we, I'm also talking about me, I'm talking about all of us, hopefully, we are not just solely about change. I, my mission is not just to simply impact some type of change. Change ultimately means that we can go back to the way that it once was if that change doesn't work out. Change is what many of us will do this evening when we change out of our clothes, get into something more comfortable and go to sleep. If you fall asleep in your clothes, it's okay, but... Um, Change is what's going to happen with the seasons. Maybe not necessarily here in uh, San Diego. It's like hot and then maybe not as hot. But, you know, change is what happens with the seasons. It will be summer, then it will be uh, fall, winter, spring. So it's temporary. My mission is transformation. Transformation is walking through a door that disappears once you step through. Transformation is what happens when a tree blossoms from a seed. You cannot squeeze that tree back into that seed. Transformation is what takes place when we give ourselves the opportunity to expand our conscious mind in such a way that we cannot go back to the way that we once were. And if we are looking for solutions, if we are looking for permanent transformation on our planet, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. But in order to move towards that, we have to understand what's taking place in here. The part of us that nobody sees and the place that is the most important work that we can do. What is the quality of Of your self image. There's a beautiful book that I would highly recommend by uh, Dr. Maxwell Maltz. This book is called Psycho Cybernetics. Many of us have probably heard of that book. I walked into the dollar store when I lived in Atlanta and uh, I thought I was like stealing this book. It was a dollar and 87 cents. I couldn't believe that they were giving that wisdom away for so cheap. But it's one thing to just get a book. It's another thing to open a book. And it's, a, it's an entirely different thing to finish the book that you open. Can, can I get an amen? Are you with me there? Okay, okay. I thought I was the only one who had like nine or ten books just sitting there waiting for me. You know, I had this divine spark to open it up at one point in time, but I don't know why that divine spark didn't actually allow me to finish. Um, anyways, I, I often walk through bookstores and I'm like, that book looks great. And then there's this little voice within me, finish the ones you have. Um, nevertheless but this book Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz he was a plastic surgeon and one thing that he recognized was when individuals would come into his place to get uh, their nose corrected or a scar removed or something enlarged or something decreased you know how we people often do um, he realized that the vast majority of individuals who entered in to get this physical alteration done nothing changed which means they didn't step out and were more confident or felt more beautiful or had all of these great experiences that they were hoping that they would have. And he realized that it's not just about physically correcting that which we show to the world if that inner image does not begin to shift and change. You can put on the nicest clothes, but if you feel broke and hurt inside, that's how you are walking around. And the way we see ourselves within, as I said, tends to dictate how that external world will ultimately respond to us. So this quote that he has ultimately says, how do men and women stand in awe of the stars and the moon, the ocean, the rivers, the mountains, the trees, yet at the same time downgrade themselves? Did not the same creator also make you and I? So why would we put somebody else or something else or some type of creation on a pedestal while at the same time seeing ourselves as inferior? That seems as if it's one of the greatest sins. And when I say sin, it means simply missing the mark. And we are using our energy in a way that does not actually bring more growth, more transformation, more hope, more peace and positivity. It's actually making ourselves shrink. And I don't think we need people who shrink, especially in this day and age. We need not look any further than our communities. We need not jump any further than this handy dandy phone that I know you all have with you and look at often. So all of this, my friends, and what begins to impact that self-image that we have is something that that all of us have been a part of, and something that all of us have experienced, and that's simply the things that we have went through in our lives. As many of you may remember, the story that I shared. I grew up in this uh, very unique part of our country, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And without further ado, the next question you have is: I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Growing up, I was, however, no longer am, but as I like to say, I still do have family members who practice the Mormon religion, and I've learned in my life that it's not my responsibility to run around and tell people that their path that they follow is not right, because when I look deep enough, I recognize that all paths that we are walking ultimately lead the same way. For we're all awakened by the same essence of life. So I grew up in Utah. Um, Very quickly, I'll keep this fairly short because I I have shared this in the past, but my mom was adopted from Scotland. My father is African-American. When I was young, my my parents went their separate ways, as often happens with many of us. And because of that, I spent time with my my mom. I didn't have a relationship with my father till I was 16. When I was about 9 or 10, my mom started slipping down this very slippery slope of drugs and addiction, failing to recognize the light that my sisters and I saw shining within herself. And that meant we spent a lot of time with my grandparents on my mom's side in this fairly nice area of Utah. And once I got into, you know, middle school, I began to look out into the community and recognize things didn't match up. Everybody in that area had a mother and a father at home. Everybody was wearing those nice shirts. You know, the one that has like the little horse on the side right here. And, and I would show up with, with uh, shirts. It's just like the polo horse ran off the side. So I was just in a t-shirt. And um, in addition to this, My sister and I were two of the only kids in that community who had a slight different tint of skin. And it wasn't long before people started placing my sister and I in these small boxes of limitation. It wasn't long before I would walk into my Sunday school classroom and there would be racist derogatory statements on the chalkboard directed at me and my sister. It wasn't long before teachers would ultimately say I wouldn't accomplish anything because look at the conditions that you're coming out of. And as a young boy, you don't know how to internalize all these things. So you bring them within and you believe that that's who you are. And that which we believe who we are helps to, shelp, helps to shape that self-image that we have about ourselves. And it's not anything unique to me. We all could go around this entire room and there are false opinions that we have embraced from other people, internalized it, and helped to, to like, bring about that image that we have of ourselves in this present moment of now. The true question becomes, are you willing to do the spiritual practice to go within and pull those false thoughts up by the roots? And to do this, we simply recognize that at each moment of each day, we are using our thoughts typically in one of two ways. Either in this constructive, positive, and empowering way, or destructive, limiting, and negative way. And it's not always on one side or always on the other. At times, we could be playing both sides of the fence, so to say. But how have you been using your thoughts? You see, we can outdistance that which is running after us, but we can't outdistance that which is running within us. I think it was Bob Marley who said, you're running and you're running and you're running away, but you can't run away from yourself. It doesn't matter how much technology you have. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what, what house you happen to live in or what car that you drive. If you are hurting inside, it's with you everywhere that you go. And if we are willing to embrace this idea of the divine, walk along that pathway, and begin to heal ourselves from the inside out by way of the conversations that we have in communities such as this, with one another, in classes that we take, in all of the, these type of things that allow us to get that deeper connection, great things are possible. But there's no magic wand. But actually, I'll give you that magic wand for 1997. No, I'm checking. <laughs> Three easy payments of 1997. You know, I I like to speak in ways of um, perhaps having some analogy. So just imagine for a moment that the thoughts that you think on a daily basis, imagine as if those thoughts that are pure, that are high, that are true, is almost like water that is able to flow through any type of filter that may be there. Imagine if we were able to have that type of filter within our minds and only the highest thoughts from our highest self were able to flow through and any negative, disempowering, or limiting thought that came into that filter acted as like almost a small rock that then we could grab, recognize, and disregard. Imagine if we were willing to stand guard at the doorway of our minds, not allowing certain thoughts to pass. And I'm not saying that we get upset if those thoughts enter in, Because they will. I think I've went like 60 seconds one time being conscious of my thoughts. I thought I was doing, you know, exceptional work. If you've been able to go an entire day thinking 100% conscious, um, please come up afterwards. I would like you to sign my arm and um, I would like to, to show that you are on this path of enlightenment. But we can pause often. And when that negative thought enters in and we ask, are we using this thought to bring ourselves up? Are we using this thought to to take us a little bit lower? Do I have the wherewithal and that self-awareness that is required for me to actually embrace this type of understanding and create a transformation instead of getting upset that that thought is popping in from my mind out of left field again? Monitoring those thoughts in such a way. And some people say, well, Jafon, that sounds great, but how do I begin to do that? Well, one way that we can do that is the breath that we had the opportunity to take. You can only breathe in the present moment. Unfortunately, the vast majority of individuals are allowing the pain of the past to taint the preciousness of the present. Or that pain of the past and expectations of the future, and suddenly we're not even here. We go through an entire day, we go through an entire week, we go for many months anticipating something that's going to happen tomorrow, and suddenly we go many weeks and we weren't even aware where we were. We're just simply going through the motions, failing to recognize that this life that we are living is truly a gift. There will never be another you. There will never be another me. Our ancestors are reflecting through us in this moment of now. The divine essence is illuminating through us. So the greatest work that we can do is the work that nobody sees. And if we want to begin to align in a way where we're allowing those positive thoughts to continue to be that guide as we are traveling down this journey of life, A very simple practice is begin to spend more time focused on those successes that you've had in your life than you do focused on the failures. We often remind ourselves how many times we've come up short. I should have said this better. I should have done this a little bit more more powerfully. Do you know there are so many examples of success that we have if we go around this room? It could be something as simple as I drove here and I got here safe could be something as simple as I have a, a niece or a nephew or, or a child who is growing and blossoming into their own uniqueness. So spend more time focused on those things that bring life versus those things that take back from life or seem to prevent you from moving forward in life. That's why, you know, these books are, are written. Look at how big the science of mind is. Look at how big some of these books that we have sitting on our shelves and, and on our uh, You know, our little desk next to our our bedroom, our bed ultimately are. These are very thick books trying to articulate something that seems to be so fundamentally simple. We have to begin to recognize that we can live consciously moment by moment by moment. Not letting the past pull us back. Not letting the, the future push us or hold us in place. But truly be here now. What would happen... If we begin doing that. You see, you already it. You are it. You are it. Coming to more and more of these gatherings is very important because we create that camaraderie and those relationships with one another. But if we are continuously reaching out here for something that is fleeting, unwilling to turn that awareness within, then it seems that we're going to be searching for the rest of our experience. So I encourage all of you to begin doing this. Since I've been here in 2016, October 2016, I had this vision when I was sitting in Atlanta, and I had this vision that, you know, Jafon, start speaking. That's how I talk to myself. Jafon. No, it's, it's not an audible. You know you know how you get these, like, intuitive hits. That's what I'll say. I'm in a safe community. I can say that. The voice within. Um, And I had this feeling that ultimately said, you know, Jafon, start reaching out to places and speaking. And I did that with, as I was telling Reverend Laurie, with my mentor in the spiritual community, uh, Dr. uh, Reverend David Alt. And he really took me under his wing and helped me open and and move towards and open doorways of opportunity that would provide me with somebody who people think that I'm like 20. And I'm, I'm a little older than that, just for the record. It's to be determined how old I actually am. Um, But this, you know, this message was saying, Jafon, reach out places. And don't just stay in spiritual communities. Be willing to reach out to organizations and, and all of these places. And here I was. At times, it's good when you don't actually know everything because then you're like, I can do that immediately. So I thought it was going to be as simple as sending out two or three emails, maybe 20 emails, and everybody like, of course, come in and, and talk. And how about this? I'll, I'll, I'll pay you a, a wonderful amount to do so. Um, I, I was in for a rude awakening. It didn't quite happen that way. But that voice was directing me in such a way to continue down that path. And actually testing my level of commitment. Was I actually committed to sharing that which I believe I have gifts to share with the world? Or was I going to allow that which is not happening to prevent me from moving forward? You see, our level of commitment is tested when we bump up against that obstacle that seems insurmountable. And that's where we know if we're truly committed to the success, to the happiness, to joy, to abundance, to prosperity, to wholeness, to equality, to all of those things, is when we come face to face with an obstacle that seems as if we can't get over, around, under, or through. And I stayed with it. And now I've had the chance to speak not just with Centers for Spiritual Living Communities, not just with Unity Churches across the nation, But I've had the chance now to work with NASA, with the Army, with the Air Force, with huge corporations bringing in diversity and inclusion conferences and workshops that go very deep, focused around this idea of transformation to begin engaging in a conversation with individuals where we can start bridging the generational differences that we believe that exist between us to allow individuals to start reducing stress by way of embracing mindfulness in their daily interactions at work. You see, that voice that I heard many years back was helping me to expand my consciousness in such a way that I can actually believe that I am able to receive that which is calling out from my spirit. So are you answering? Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Sometimes I get talking, I'm like, let me keep going. Um, (laughs) So the question I have is, have you been listening to that inner voice? And have you been taking heed to the direction that it's been telling you to go? Or have you been allowing that self-image and that, that self-talk that is existing within you to pull you back from actually trusting that inner voice that is calling out to you and asking you to step further, to step here, to come here? You can't see the whole staircase, as Martin Luther King said, but you can at least take that first step and continue to use that energy to keep stepping up, to keep stepping up. And as you do so, you have the chance to impact people who are just simply waiting for you right now. There are people who are walking this planet who are waiting for you to shine their light, your light in their life. There are people who have not yet been born who are waiting for you to impact them in a way that only you can do. So please be willing to stay true to you. And to finish our time here today, I know I kind of talked about a lot. But I, I shared this the last time I was here, and it's a poem that I, I really, really enjoy. And since nobody was, uh, you know, reciting my, my uh, presentation from last time verbatim, I think that I can share this, this poem yet again, if that's okay with you. Is that okay? Okay. So it simply goes like this. What would happen if we all chose to rise together? What would happen if we all chose to stand together instead of plotting and planning to undermine each other? Instead of pointing the finger at our fellow brother and telling them that they're the reason for the problems or demanding that they're the ones to solve them. Aren't we all walking on the sacred garden, the planet Earth that is always revolving around the sun? See, I know we all illuminated. Some have slipped up and others have deviated from the higher purpose, the deeper plan. They've fallen victim, temptations of a man. Now I understand no one can tell us who to be, Got to rise above the selfishness and all the greed. Got to open up our hearts so we can finally see. And if we do this as a people, then we all are free. Thank you for your time, your energy. Thank you.